0: to the best player wins podcast where we believe that winning is winning no matter by how little or by how much we are your hosts i am eddie quinones along with
1: i'm nate you guys know me i'm back couldn't stay away for too long it's good to be back yeah. hope everyone's doing yeah, it's well good
0: to have you back yeah, it's been a while. We've had a, a couple of guests on so far this year, and I think everything has gone really well with some of those guests, so it's exciting mm-hmm. to have everyone on and, and get everything going, but I will say it's bittersweet having you back on. It's, uh, it's a little bit good of a, a good flow going back, so it's exciting.
1: What's the bitter part?
0: Uh, actually, not even bitter. It's just sweet. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> bitter
1: because, you know, I'm not going to be back next week?
0: Exactly, exactly. I won't have you back consistently, but it's all right.
1: Yeah, it's good to be back. Let's chop it up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's get back into it. So, going off with week one here. Going off with our biggest subsets. I think this one's pretty easy across the board. Uh, there weren't really any other matchups that were surprising at all. Uh, but I have to go with uh, JC over Nick. Uh, huge surprise. JC zero wins through the year. He was sitting at zero and six, uh, and Nick was kind of on the other end of that. He was, uh, I think, he was five and one. Um, So he was coming into the week really well, and I think J.C.'s team just really performed. They had 202 total points uh, last week. I believe they were the highest-scoring team. Um, Held up by a couple big performances. I mean, Hawkinson had 40 points alone. So, I mean, you get 40 points out of your tight end, you're going to do pretty well. Uh, Daniel Jones had 22 points, and then Josh Jacobs had 34.5 points. Um, Then he had a few other guys in the 20s as well. But huge performance by J.C.'s team, and, again, Huge, huge uh, shout-out to him this week for the upset. Do you have anything different?
1: No, I had the exact same matchup. I mean, anytime a team puts up 200 points, I think it's worth talking about on the next podcast episode, especially when it was the team that didn't have a win yet in JC's team. And he's coming off a tough loss, which it wasn't from the week prior, but Trey Lance, he had very high hopes coming into the year. I think he took him with his fifth-round pick. You know, J.C. and I were talking privately and I think it was kind of a lofty comparison, but I did give him kind of sympathy in that, you know, I said it's always tough to lose an early round pick so, so early in the season. Trey Lance, the skill set that people that people believed or fantasized that he might have was almost similar to like a Jalen Hurts. And if you remember to last year's draft... Jalen Hurts, I believe, was drafted in the fourth round. So I think the ceiling for Trey Lance was a Jalen Hurts esque rise to fantasy stardom, and mm-hmm. he kind of had his legs cut out from under him right away. JC, that is, I guess Trey Lance as well, but JC not yeah. really ever getting to see the upside of his of his upside QB pick. And uh, so I think it made it more impressive for me that he was able to put up this amount of points without really most of them or even a good chunk of them coming yeah. from the quarterbacks. Daniel Jones and Trevor Lawrence only combining for, I think it's 27.2 points or Two something or like something. that. Yeah,
0: it took something like that. Mm-hmm. And
1: and Trevor Lawrence really, you mentioned Daniel Jones had a good game. Trevor Lawrence put up a stinker, and that was the guy that J.C. in part, in part traded away McCaffrey for. But I won't spoil that part yet because we're going to get there.
0: Listen, I know all too well about QB stinkers this year. Jesus, I haven't been able to get more than ten points out of my QB two all year. Doesn't matter who I throw there. So listen, I I, I feel it. I'm excited to see his team do something like this. Obviously, some of those players kind of uh, boomed this week, but even with normal performances, it was still a really good showing uh, from his team. So. Should be fun, I don't know, if you, Tessie, I don't know if you
1: mentioned, I'm sure you mentioned at least one of these two guys, but Josh Jacobs with 34 and a half points yeah. and TJ Hawkinson mm-hmm. with almost 40 points. Those yeah. are two uh, unlikely candidates to have 30. Base, Jacobs didn't quite reach 35, but basically two guys to reach 35 plus points. I would not have picked those two guys. I mean, 70 points on alone. C.'s roster.
0: Yeah, seventy points alone from just those two guys. Seventy-five, really. Uh yeah. it's very impressive. I mean, I barely struggled to get over a hundred last week, <laughs> like this past week. So, seeing two guys put up that many points alone is it's very impressive. So,
1: yeah. And to bring everything full circle, I don't necessarily want to toot the horn too much because he is sitting here with a record of two and six. But I think that this was the upside that we talked about coming out of the draft on our draft breakdown episode. This is why we kind of picked JC's team as the team other than ours that we really liked. Um, And this was a team that put up 200 without Christian McCaffrey, who was a perennial number one overall pick for the few years for this season. So I don't think that necessarily one player's upside was propping up the ceiling for this roster, as you can tell from this week.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> so yeah, moving on from there, we'll go ahead and go to our biggest takeaway from this past week. So what was kind of your biggest takeaway this past week?
1: Eddie, my biggest takeaway after two weeks in a row of losing at the end of Monday night football is that I'm just going to have to score the most points every single week. If I want to have a winning <laughs> record. I mean, I'm sitting here with the second most points scored in the league. I think 35 points ahead of Nick, who's the third highest score in the league. Yep, thirty-five point zero two points ahead of Nick, who has a let's see, let's see here. He has a six and two record. I'm only thirteen and some change points away or behind Scott, who also has a six and two record. So those two are tied for second place right now. I'm sitting all the way down in ninth place despite being wedged between the two second-place teams in terms of how many points I've scored. And the thing about that is I haven't put up a crazy 200-point week like JC did. I would say the only bad week that I've had so far is week one, where I scored 121. And don't get me wrong, I'm not trying to say that that's a good week. It is a bad week, but it's not like a 100-point stinker either. Like You could potentially get away with 122 points and win a matchup. I did not Mm -hmm. week one. I'm not complaining about that. But week two, I scored 196. Okay, so that is my one boom week. Week three, I scored 167 and lost to Sean by 0.38. And then last week, we all know what happened, I lost by 0.42 to the other Sean. And both of these came on Monday Night Football. So, And then this past week, I freaking took the 0-2. I was the last person to lose, I think, the median with 152 points scored. And that doesn't really happen too often when you get up over 150 points. So I'm not down on my team. I'm, con- I'm scoring highly consistently. I'm definitely having a stroke of bad luck. I was telling Nick on the phone earlier today, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm frustrated. It's just annoying because it feels like the story for my team every year is I have a bad start to the season despite seemingly having a good team and then I kind of, like, rise my way through the ranks, it would be nice to just have, like, a stroke of good luck at the beginning of the season, which I don't want to pile on him too much because I know he's heard a lot of grief so far with the 7-1 and record, but uh, Sean Boatwright, (laughs) I would have loved to have his schedule so far. It would be nice to have the same kind of luck. Um, And that's not a shot at Sean, but that's just, like, it just feels like this is, like, the way that it goes for me at the beginning of every season. It's annoying. (laughs) what's yeah, your biggest unfortunately, takeaway Andy?
0: over the over the past couple of years i feel like it's put you in a position where you feel like you have to trade because like you have to do something to at least give you that little bit of extra movement where your team that doesn't necessarily don't need to trade it's just you're just in such an unfortunate situation to where those five like those five points of a difference that you might get from that one person will actually make a difference for you through those matchups mm-hmm. compared to kind of some other people that are in positions of trading so yeah, I don't know. Uh my biggest takeaway was actually Sean's team. Seven and one, sole possession of first place. Uh and I'll touch base on this a little bit more kind of once we go into our standings updates. But uh his team's showing out. You know, I gave him a uh a soft six and zero oh last week when we talked about it, uh just because obviously his matchups haven't been uh uh the best. For in terms of him actually having competitive matchups. His team has done really well so far this year, and they've stayed above the median for the most part and done everything, but his team is continuing to do the same. Um, you know, over the past few years, we've had new guys come in, and it just seems like the new guys are, are, in terms of regular season, are ahead of everyone else who's been in this league for the past two, three, four years. So, uh, yeah, my biggest takeaway was just those new guys. We need to stop inviting people into this league. <laughs>
1: Yeah, they do well so, every single yeah. year. I I'm, yeah. I don't want to spoil too much yet because I know you're going to get into it. But it's just so amazing to me that Sean has two more points than Kevin, who is four and four. He has mm-hmm. one more point than Kyron, who is four and four. And he has the least, I mean, this this really tells the story. He has the least points scored against him all season in the entire league. So it just goes to show you that the margins for error are very thin in this league. Like I said, Kyron has a point less than, than Sean B. Kevin has two points less than Sean B. Both of those guys sitting at 500 Sean sitting at seven and one pretty crazy. Yeah. So
0: diving that diving a little deeper into that, we'll go ahead and jump into our standings updates. Again, we are doing top six just because playoffs are top six teams. So, Figured we'd kind of keep this train rolling all year and do our top six standings. So starting off at the very top at first place, we have Sean B the excellence of execution with a total points for of five eighty one point three uh, and a record of seven and one, Uh, a little low, um, compared to some of these other guys that I'm about to rattle off immediately after him, uh, at six and two, we have the ultimate warrior at Scott with 651.42 points. After him, we have macho man, Randy, uh, Nick, which is six and two at a hundred or six hundred and two point ninety six points. Uh and then this is kind of where the, the total points for starts to tail off with the top six teams here. Uh at five and three we have the voice of the voiceless with Sean C with five sixty one point twenty four. Uh and then our next two owners are four and four. That would be the great Kali Kyron and then Razor Ramon uh Kevin at five eighty and five seventy nine um for each other. So Yeah, again, top six, you can kind of tell the points for the two big teams here above 600 or or 6-2 are Nick and Scott, and then obviously yourself in ninth place with, I believe you said you have like 640-something. So, yeah, tough luck for you. Uh, Not the the best way to start off, but hopefully kind of that turns around a little bit more, and it'll be interesting. We saw some things shake up here in our standings. A few people moved around, so uh, I think it'll continue to be interesting kind of going into the following week yeah any takeaways from that? I know you've already mentioned a few things before, but uh didn't know if you had anything extra you wanted to talk about.
1: No, I mean, just outside the top six it, completely disregarding my team, I think you you might have mentioned Mike and Jake are both four and four as well, so right mm-hmm. behind Kevin, I think Mike is yep. about ten points ten and a half points behind Kevin for sixth place, and yeah. Jake is eleven points behind Kevin for sixth place, so It is that close right now. Very close.
0: Yeah. And uh, just kind of lead us into this next section, which is uh, usually our matchup preview for the following week for our best matchup. Actually a little bit of a tough time because we have some of the the heavy hitters facing off today, uh, this upcoming week, which I think those will be really fun to watch. But we also have some of the middle pack guys facing off um, that might, you know, shake up a little bit in the middle of the standings as well. So I'm actually going to go off here and go with some of the the middle matchups here. So I'm actually going to go with uh, Kyron and Kevin, so the great Kali and Razor Ramon. Um, Both of them are sitting at 4 and four, fifth and 6th place respectively. Uh, I think it'll be a really fun matchup. Obviously, Kyron, his big thing are his wide receivers. um, But on the other end, Kevin also has two really good wide receivers with Tyreek Hill and Jamar Chase. Um, matchups like this are usually really fun to watch. Wide receivers, especially those guys, will usually perform on a week to week basis and they'll do really well. Um, so I, I think it'll just ultimately come down to with these two teams, you know, which one of their wide receiving cores performs a little bit better than the others. Um and I think that team will will come out on top. But I think that for me is probably my best matchup for this week to do that.
1: Yeah, I similarly had a t not a tough time picking, but I was kind of between two matchups and decided to go uh an air on the side of kind of giving respect to the teams at the top of the standings that being the matchup between scott the ultimate warrior and sean b the excellence of execution scott is six and two sean is seven and one that's our first and second place team squaring off this week uh an honorable mention matchup which i i think you could go a couple of different ways even with an honorable mention yeah. but i'm Eager, nervous, excited for my matchup with Nick this week because I think that our teams are pretty evenly matched. But he obviously has the upper hand in terms of where he sits in the standings at six and two.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm at
1: three and five. So, you know, getting a two and 0 win for me would just bump me up into kind of chasing a playoff spot. For Nick, Mm -hmm. he would still be in a comfortable position at six and four, even if he took the 0 and 2 loss, which I wouldn't expect him to drop below the median. But that was another matchup that I was looking at. I think uh, another matchup. I want to say Jake had a good one. Yeah, he plays Sean C this week. Mm So Sean C, the voice of the voiceless, at five and three. Jake, Rick Flair drip, four and four. Eddie, even your matchup, you and JC are trying to climb your way, claw your way up the standings into playoff contention. I know we're we're in week five, so playoff contention. Use that phrase loosely, but. You still want to be in a good spot, no matter how early it is in the season. You guys are both two and six. So in a somewhat similar position to me, needing to kind of knock Nick down while also boosting myself up at the same time, you guys are kind of trying to fight for one spot on the the ladder (laughs) and kick the other guy down, right? So that's a good matchup in and of itself. There's a lot of good matchups this weekend. I guess we've talked about five different matchups at this point. I guess we can give a shout out to Damon and Mike's matchup. Damon kind of, I don't want to say he's on the heels of elimination. It's still too early to say that. But if he goes 0-2 again, 1-9 is going to be incredibly difficult to come back from. Like, we talk about kind of coming back from a bad position and how I've done that a couple times over the past few years. I've never been 1-9, so I think that would be a very tall task to meet if Damon wasn't able to pick up a win this week
0: yeah and I mean we've mentioned this before in previous years you know teams that are usually floating at around 500 are not going to make the playoffs like you have to have a winning record here to usually make the playoffs and actually have a little bit of a success Uh, usually those teams that are sitting at sixth place have just above a 500 record whether it's one two or three wins above it Um, if you're floating around that line it'll be tough to get in so yeah, I think uh J C, myself, and Damon are in positions where we need to win and we need to win now. Um or at least put a team together within the next few weeks where we can kind of secure some wins from there on out. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see.
1: If I recall correctly, last year I think we had to lock Kyron's team from trading like basically halfway into the fantasy yeah. season because he was like one and eleven or something like that. Yep. It was something very close to that and um like don't get me wrong, I I don't like locking teams, but when there becomes a point where you can't even reach 500, I feel like it's probably just in the best interest of the league to do so. Yeah. But I, I you know, I completely hope not, not just for Damon, but for anybody that they wouldn't start in such a bad position that early in the season that we would even have to start talking about that. I guess maybe yeah. Sean B, you maybe you're just hearing about this for the first time, but once we get to a point where teams start getting mathematically eliminated from the playoffs, or we can get a pretty good idea that they are eliminated from the playoffs, i.e. they can't even reach a 500 record anymore, we will lock that team. Nobody is able to make trades with them, and we'll make a list of players from their team that they are not able to drop to waivers. And essentially, that's just to eliminate, not that people collude in this league, but anybody kind of pestering a team that clearly has no shot to give their own roster the upper hand. And it hasn't been a problem in the past.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it's just better safe than sorry type of deal. Uh, In the past, you know, we've had some managers that didn't make as great of a trade as they probably should have. And it's just trades are sometimes more, a little more lopsided. And some of those managers were pretty easy to take advantage of. Obviously it's not really the same anymore with some of the, the owners that we have in here, but it was just one of those things that we put in there just to be safe. Um, and I think it's worked out really well. Again, it limits them from making waiver claims. It limits them from pretty much doing anything with their team to make sure that those teams that are still in contention have the best opportunities, kind of going forward for the remainder of the year. So, but
1: yeah, it, just it uh, sounds... that
0: little section there was for Sean B. But
1: yeah, yeah, I will say it sounds really aggressive if you're hearing it for the first time as somebody who's never seen it uh, play out practically. But we do make sure that that like there's a 99.9% chance that this person would never make the playoffs before we officially lock a team. We're not like, yeah. oh, I'm going to use my power as the commissioner going to make a judgment call to shut this guy down because he only has a 10 or 20% chance of making the playoffs. No, we pretty much wait until somebody can't reach 500 anymore before we officially lock their team or as it gets closer to the end yeah. and say we have five teams who are way above 500. You know, maybe we start to tighten those standards of what it looks like in terms of playoff hopes at that point. But early in the season, I think we usually use like a 500 record come season's end. What's the possibility of that as our bar of of shutting teams off? If you can't reach 500 and it's week eight by season's end, like you're not going to make the playoffs.
0: Yeah. And and another thing kind of coming off of that, you know, we still try to make sure that those teams are competitive because we don't want to shut a team down. And then they have a really important matchup in the next couple of weeks against a playoff contender. We don't want to give anybody a free win. You know, we're right. still going to make sure that that team has a lineup and is setting their lineup and they're being competitive. So in case they do get a win against one of those big teams, it still kind of shakes things up. So, yeah, it yeah. Uh, again, it's a little more practical when you see it actually play out um, instead of just hearing it for the first time. But yeah,
1: we don't hold we don't hold anybody hostage either. Like if I shot Kyron's nah. team down week eight last last year, I think I was helped. I say helping him. I'm not. I'm not necessarily helping him. I was basically setting his lineup for him going forward because if yeah. this is not a keeper league, it's not a dynasty league. You can't make trades. You can't make claims. You can't make drops. You know, I wasn't going to burden him with having to check in every week. I basically just yeah. put in the players done. that were projected to score the most points for him every single week. So, yeah, you know, we like I said, we have a good system in place. I think Eddie and I have kind of hashed that out.
0: Yeah, I agree. But yeah, all right. Let's get into some uh, some things to watch for this upcoming week. I'll uh, I'll go ahead and lead us off. I feel like over the past couple weeks, uh, some of the really good teams and even just some teams in general, it's been pretty low scoring. Um, just with like some of those bottom teams, even even Scott's team this week, like 102 points or something crazy. Um, it's been. I feel like scoring has been low, just consistently across the board. Like you obviously have those guys that boom, and I think it just happens to be like. Some uh, somebody has a roster with players that just happen to boom that week. So it kind of bolsters things up a little bit more. Um, but I feel like it, it's, for some reason, like week four and week three, I feel like scoring across the board was like consistently lower than what it normally is. Uh, and I don't know if you've, you've witnessed that. And I'm kind of curious to see if, you know, for this week, if it's going to stay the same or if our lineups are going to kind of get back into order a little bit more.
1: So, I definitely disagree for week four because I scored 152 points and lost to the median. So maybe it was on the low, maybe on, like, the lower team, the teams that did not reach the median, I guess, besides mine, they scored pretty low. Like, for example, Scott's team, like you just mentioned. Um, Mm -hmm. But as far as across the league, with the median being set at above 152 points, and I think, I think, even Sean B., who beat me, you know, me scoring 152 points and Sean scored more than I did. I think he took a median loss. He was because under the he,
0: median. Yeah, he was
1: six and zero going into last week. He beat me head to head, so his one loss must be from the okay. median. So two teams that scored yeah. 152 points under the median. That's that's pretty wild. But there definitely have been teams that have put up stinkers consistent. Or I would say there has been a handful of teams that have put up stinkers each week that has been consistent. But last week okay. in particular, I would say that the obviously the league median was super high. Yeah, it was a one hundred yeah, and fifty.
0: Yeah, and I'm also actually when I go back, I was kind of looking at week three. Like we had a 113, 107, hundred seven, one hundred nine, one hundred one.
1: Yeah, that that's a lot pretty low. low. I think scoring. the
0: median. I think the median was set at like one, like one thirty three, I believe, or something like that. Like it was pretty mm-hmm. low that week, kind of comparatively. Which was one thirty three last before week. That, uh, yeah that would have been great for you <laughs> but uh i think even week two i think it sat in the mid 130s if i'm not mistaken um but yeah i feel like most of the time our league medians i think last year most of the time is up in the 140s Like it stay mid 140s like 143 one forty four. so last week kind of took a little bit more of a jump up to kind of what it normally would be uh maybe mm-hmm. just a little higher than what it normally would be but uh it was just one thing for me to watch out for. Just kind of curious to see what the league median's is going to look like this upcoming week.
1: My thing to watch for is, in a way, a call to action for Damon. And my thing to watch for is, will Damon adapt or is he going to dig his heels in on the back of the strategy that he usually takes, which is, I'm going to pick my guys, I'm going to die on the hill with them. Now, he won a championship in this very league on the back of that strategy just a few years ago. I think he made one trade all season long, and he won the title. And Damon is usually an owner that we regard as pretty competitive. Right now, he is sitting at the very bottom of the standings. He's the only team that doesn't have more than one win. But the funny thing about that, we always talk about good quarterback play usually leads to a high floor or a fair amount of success in this league worst case scenario damon has the number one quarterback in fantasy right now in lamar jackson now the reason why he's performing so poorly is because he also has you know just there's not really another way to say it but a bunch of busts on his team Najee harris who he picked in the first round i think he picked him in the first round anyway zeke george kittle those are three huge players that Damon expected to be big time contributors to his team. They have been busts he took so far. Three. Yeah, I I've, was I've, pretty sure, certain that he took him in the mm-hmm. first round. Um, but Damon, I think he is going to have to trade away Lamar Jackson, or if he doesn't trade away, trade away Lamar, he's going to have to start getting rid of some of these busts and selling them to kind of. Managers who may be on the prowl to buy low, but maybe it's time to start considering if these guys... I don't I don't necessarily want to sully the value of his players, but I just think it's time for Damon to take inventory of his roster and start wheeling and dealing, because even a small trade or like a 2-for-1 or a 2-for-2, two two, I don't think it's going to get him to the place that he needs to start winning consistently. And winning consistently is exactly what you need to do when you have a 1-7 in record. To kind of dig yourself I out agree. of the hole. So the question for me, the thing I'm watching for, is Damon going to adapt to the way of the league, given that he has a very unfavorable position in the standings, or is he going to dig in and dig in his heels and say, nope, I'm going to do what I've always done, even if it leads to me dying on the hill?
0: Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, he's been one of those guys, and I think everyone has been doing this, but just reaching out to him. Obviously, you know, you go into your standings. You look at the teams, kind of look down to see kind of who's at the bottom, who's in a position that needs to trade and reach out to them and have conversations to kind of see what's going on. But, uh, yeah, he's one of those guys that I think pretty consistently I've kind of had conversations with just to see what he's going. I know he's one of those guys that rarely ever trades. Um, But, again, good to keep those channels open. So, yeah, I'm curious to see if he does make any moves because I know I'm definitely not the only guy reaching out to him. so yeah, I'm just kind of curious to see what he does and and if he does anything. So I do agree. We'll we'll see if uh Damon kind of pulls pulls into reality a little bit more with with our league and trades a little bit more. But, yeah.
1: Things could certainly change quickly, but I checked in with him just before this last week when he was one in five and asked about Lamar and his response to me was unfortunately Lamar is not available. I wonder if he will change that stance in particular. I think if he goes one and nine, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that you have to trade Lamar. Not that he's not, you know, the best contributor to his team, but you got to think he's the best contributor to a one and nine team at that point. You got to do something different.
0: And I mean, you can get the most out of him than anyone else on your roster. Like you're going to get something back for Lamar that will bolster the rest of your lineup up and, and make it better. Um, so yeah, I agree. at that point you, you kind of have to start looking at options and possibilities of training people away. I'm kind of on the opposite end of that where my top guy is not performing very well, and he just he's out this week and he's probably he might be out next week, just depends on Jonathan Taylor, so it's really weird. It's like my value for Jonathan Taylor is still at a one point one. I don't care how he's doing right now like that's where it's going to stick just because I paid the premium for him, so mm-hmm. um, he didn't really pay as much of a premium for Lamar. Uh, and he's getting a really good performance out of him so far this right. year. So,
1: yeah,
0: I think he's going to get that's, more that's than a great point.
1: Right. That's a yeah. great point that you raise. He's not yeah. necessarily selling Lamar at cost if he trades him. And I'm not even saying trade Lamar yeah. right now. I'm saying if he drops 0-2 this week and, and falls to 1-9, and 9, I, I think, you know, against my better judgment, because that would be really tough to trade the number one player, I think, in – Potentially in in fantasy overall at this point, but you basically have to trade one of the only guys that'll get you multiple studs back to help your team.
0: Yeah, I think the yeah, it it's just kind of a no brainer. And I think he is a number one overall uh in fantasy.
1: Might be Cooper right Cup. So. Might be Cooper Cub. Let's see.
0: No, Lamar, Allen, then Cup.
1: Okay. So Lamar's and got one fifteen.
0: So yeah. Uh but yeah. That's just Oh, speaking of, speaking of,
1: before I forget to share this stat, I saw that Cooper Cup has more completions through four games than Justin Fields has, I'm sorry, Cooper Cup has more receptions through four games than Justin Fields has completions. <laughs> Good thing he's not on my
0: roster anymore. Yeah. Stupid trade. <laughs> yeah, I uh, just... Nothing but regret here. Again, I've moved on from it. I've accepted my woes. It was probably the worst trade I've ever made in fantasy history. So,
1: oh, I wasn't, I wasn't really picking on you. I was just, we brought up Cup, oh, it and just, I saw that just this week. It just happens. It's pretty impressive on both sides. Yeah, no. Pretty impressive that he has that many <laughs> It's Pretty impressive that Fields has been that bad.
0: Yeah, I agree. I do agree. So, all right. Enough of uh, of Damon talk. Let's move on to our next section here, our matchup predictions. So it's kind of a go over the records. Currently sitting at 14 and 10. Guests are sitting at 10 and 14.
1: Don't worry, Nate, boys. I'll, have bring to do something
0: this week. Yeah, I'll bring him back. I'll bring him back. going to have to do something to bring him back. <clears throat> so starting off right at the top, we got Naked Wrestling and JC versus myself, um, Eddie. You know, I, I've been down on myself recently, and I think a little bit too much, and I, I think you know, I have to go with myself here. I have to go with myself here. Um so yeah, I'm gonna go with me. So what you got?
1: I like the uh the Undertaker gong. Eddie, I, I think you might have just texted the wrong person here because it looks like I in my text messages oh, got an offer money. for players for players <laughs> on Damon's team. So I Eddie so is did. out here trying he to make money moves. He Eddie said, is trying again, to make money there. moves. <laughs> right
0: there. He said, what's the offer, earlier? Because I was trying to trade him. Oh, okay, said, okay. okay. So, uh, well, now you know what that deal might be if it gets accepted, so... I
1: won't I won't yeah. spoil it, but just so you guys know who are listening, Eddie is out here trying to make money moves live yeah. while we are recording the podcast. Um, yeah, man.
0: He texted me, like, three hours ago, and I never got back to him, so I was like, yeah, I should probably text him back, so... Okay.
1: Yeah. So to to uh my pick for this matchup. I noticed JC spells his name Naked Wrestling correctly in the group chat, but in fantasy on the on the ESPN site, he spells it Naked. I didn't know if that was intentional. He spells it with a T. It
0: doesn't so I think ESPN doesn't allow you to write Naked. Like it it goes oh. against their guidelines. So oh. I think he has to put the T. I yeah.
1: see. I see. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. He has no theme music, but I am taking J.C. in this matchup. Putting up over 200 points last week, I I definitely do not expect a repeat performance, but I still do like the upside of J.C.'s roster. Now it's been confirmed. A little bit of confirmation bias here. I liked the upside before. He showed that his team can do it, so I kind of have a reason to like him, especially since he's coming directly off of that performance for this week's matchup. Sorry, Eddie. I, I kind of want my own soundboard to be able to play people's music here.
0: <laughs> so I think if I uh, let me let me let uh, me let me double check here while we're live on the air, I I think I can make you a uh,
1: a, a an official of soundboard host.
0: Yeah, and you might be. You able should to make uh, to
1: you know what you should do for JC's audio clip? You should make it some like hillbilly banjo clip. I, that's that's yeah, what I that think of when it. I think of naked <laughs> wrestling.
0: I just haven't been able, and I was thinking, I was like, you know what? I was like, I just don't know what, what I would make it. And I yeah, I think you have a good point there. I, uh, I I think that's what it might be. Tell me why. All right. So just on the conversation of the trade that I had sent over, autocorrect really just killed me here for a second. He said, I can do that. And then autocorrected and then put underneath the abbreviation of can't. So it yeah. auto corrected his can't to can. So I was really excited for a second, and then
1: yeah, it all been just breaking. Out it, break. it would have been breaking a trade <laughs> live on the podcast.
0: But uh, I'm still gonna try. So, but yeah, all right, well, let's go ahead. I was and gonna go say while while you're
1: now. figuring out the soundboard, potentially, I'll move on to the second matchup of the week, which is it doesn't matter versus Batista Khan. So a lot of Damon talk so far on the episode, and here we are at his matchup with Mike. Eddie, who are you picking to win this matchup? Is Damon going to climb?
0: It doesn't
1: matter. (laughs) It doesn't matter. I got to go with Mike.
0: Uh, His team has been doing really well. He did a lot of trading uh, recently to kind of help his team out. And I think that's going to help him out this upcoming week. So, yeah, I'm going with Mike this upcoming week. What do you got?
1: Yeah, I hate to pile on Damon even more than we... And I don't necessarily think we've been piling on him, but just ne- just really a big call to action for him, given the spot that he's in. But yeah. I guess the reason why I've been hitting that so heavy this episode so far is because I do think that he is not going to be able to climb orga- organically with the team that he already has. So I'm picking Mike in this matchup to win. Yeah. just
0: Fortunately, Holly Cookie crumbles there for him. But, uh, all right, going into the next one, we have Razor Ramon versus The Great Khali. What do you have for this one?
1: I am taking The Great Khali. I'm taking Kyron to win. I do like his team. I don't think that he is out of place being right in the mix for... He's number five right now, so not even in the mix for a playoff spot necessarily. He is kind of firmly entrenched right now, and I do not think that... His team is out of place. I don't, so his wide receivers are super studs. Justin Jefferson and Stephon Diggs. I don't think that he has a third star on his team, but I actually don't think that that's a weakness because I don't think that he has any duds in his lineup either. I don't think that he has any stinkers or uh, necessarily inconsistent players. I do think that he has competent assets in every starting position in his lineup. So that's why I'm picking Kyron this week.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree as well. I was going to play a little snippet. Of the great of music. <laughs> yeah, I, I got to go with Kyron here as well. Uh, for all the points that you literally just listed, I think his team across the board is pretty consistent. Um I think he'll do well and as usually his wide receivers usually hold him in a good spot to actually perform, you know, above what he needs to. Obviously he's kind of in the middle of the pack there sitting at four and four, but I think this week he's he's gonna kind of pull off that victory and, and do well this week. So but yeah. Going to our next one, we've got the voice of the voiceless, Sean C versus Ric Flair drip. Um I think I think i gotta go with my boy here and woo! I'm the best there is. Woo! yeah he's plain and simple he's the best there is so i gotta go with jake i think his team will uh kind of pull this one forward i think his team's in a pretty decent position to be able to win this week so uh yeah gotta go with jake and plus i, I really wanted to click rick flair's uh little woo there so
1: yeah i disagree i'm gonna go with sean uh, he has Jalen Hurts. He has Austin Eckler. He has Christian Kirk. Tyler Higby has been very good this year. Devin Singletary has been a surprise. I'll be honest. I did not. I did not see him being a consistent lineup play this year. Um, whereas Jake's team, he did just get Christian McCaffrey, and he does have Michael Thomas. Uh, and obviously, I love Justin Herbert, but. Michael Thomas, I know he's dealing with a new toe injury. Christian McCaffrey, I, don't get me wrong. I, I am a big Christian McCaffrey fan, but he just doesn't... I know he just put up 25, but he doesn't seem like the same CMC that we have seen when healthy over the past three years where he'll put up 24-plus points every time he plays a full game. I mean, he did it this last week, but that was the first time that he did it all year. I still think that he is... One of the most valuable assets to have in fantasy right now, but I don't think that he's the literal cheat code that we're used to associating with Christian McCaffrey's name when healthy. So I just, you know this this is going to be a close matchup. I tend to like what Sean's cooking up right now a little bit more, so I'm picking the voice of the, vo- the voice list.
0: Hey, I respect it. I respect it. All righty going on to our next matchup the battle of the brothers we've got the texas rattlesnake and yourself versus macho man randy savage and nick uh i'm gonna let you leave this one off and, and give me your uh, your opinion on how you think this week's gonna go
1: i really wish that i had the soundboard at my disposal right now because i would love nothing more than to hit my name and let the full clip play Yeah, I'm that's, picking that's my team. Uh, first of all, I love that clip. Like the first time you played it on the podcast, I literally played it over ten times. I'm not kidding. You. <laughs> I was re- I was ready to run through a brick wall when I heard that. <laughs> Loved it. Um, yeah. Now I'm not I'm not picking my team just be just for the traditional reason of a guest coming on and picking themselves to win. I think that I have one of the best lineups in the league. Now it hurts to have a backup quarterback be playing for me right now, but I do think that Teddy Bridgewater is gonna offer not too much of a drop off from what Tua would put up in an average week. So I don't think it'll hurt me too bad. Um I I just really like my lineup. And and Nick has a good team too, but I'm I'm very confident in my lineup, so picking my team.
0: Yeah, I think I, I think I have to agree with you there. Um, you've had a a very bad rash of bad luck here. Like you've just consistently have had the toughest schedule out of anyone so far this year. But again, your team has consistently performed, and I don't think this week it'll be any different. Uh, I think you'll get the head to head and the league median this week. But I, I think this is another week where the league median is probably going to sit a little high. Um, so. You know, anyone who wants to get above the league median, you know, their teams better perform this week. But, yeah, I I got to go with you here. I think you'll bounce back, go to five and five, and uh, kind of put yourself back in the middle of the pack and claw your way back up. So, yeah. All righty. Just typing these in here. All right, going into our final matchup for the week, we have Mr. Seven and 7-1, soft schedule, the excellence of execution, Sean B., <laughs> versus the ultimate warrior and scott some might say this is his first test of the year in terms of his schedule um and i think i do agree with this there uh, his team has been pretty consistent so far this year and i, I again you know i just poke at him because he's new to the league and i love just having fun with it but again i think this will be a really good matchup it'll be a fun matchup um, and we'll kind of get to really see who's at the top right now in terms of those two teams um but I think the way that Scott's team performed last week is not what we would normally expect of his team. And I don't expect it to happen again. Um, So I I think I have to go with Scott here in the ultimate warrior. What do you got?
1: I also pick Scott. I do not have anything to add other than Sean. I am not purposefully picking on you. I just think that you're running into a tough matchup here with Scott also being another top two team. And I think that you're a top-four team, but I don't think that you are a top-one team. That's no disrespect. Top-four team means that you're one of the very best in the league. I just uh, I think Scott is in the right spot in the standings, and I think maybe you uh, are deserving of being just a couple spots lower. And I use that word intentionally, deserving. I'm not saying that you got you got lucky. I'm saying that you're just simply deserving of being... In a playoff spot that's not quite as pristine as first place overall.
0: Yeah, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll start pulling a, a little bit of the power rankings over this way, how Mike does in the other league.
1: True, that's when you'll actually addition. get the real
0: rankings. Yeah, yes, it would. So maybe it's an addition we'll make here soon. But yeah, alrighty. So just to recap, kind of how we went through there. First matchup, myself versus JC. I took myself. You took JC. Uh, next matchup was Mike versus Damon. We both took Mike. Uh, next, we had Kevin versus Kyron. We both took Kyron on that one. Uh, next, we had Sean C versus Jake. I took Jake. You took Sean C. Uh, your matchup against your brother, so Nate versus Nick, we both took you. And then for our final matchup, Sean B versus Scott, we both took shot, Scott. So just a few matchups this week. There's only two matchups where you can kind of make some headway back into uh, clawing up at my 14-10 my and 10 record and working your way back. But, uh, yeah.
1: I prioritize Alrighty. getting the calls right rather than just disagreeing with you for the sake of trying to make the score even.
0: Hey, I respect it. That's where that's where Sean C. messed up. He picked a couple on the opposite end of me, and he kind of made the gap a little bit bigger. So, uh, but, yeah. So, all right. Go ahead down to our trade recap section. We actually had some movement this past week. Uh, last week was probably the first week ever in the history of this league that we were past the third week of the, the year and, you know, rarely any trades were made i think a total of like one or two trades were made throughout the entirety up until that point this past week that changed a little bit more so we'll kind of start off here at the top um and then at the very end we'll i'll let you kind of describe your three-way trade that you guys did um yeah start off right at the top we have the excellence of execution acquires curtis samuel from macho man randy savage uh and then macho man randy savage acquires george pickens and Brees hall um at the time This was pre-picket news. Um, I like the Curtis Samuel side of this trade better. Um, You know, originally when it came in, I really like Curtis Samuel. I think every wide receiver in the Washington offense is doing really well. They're all getting targets. They're spreading the ball around really well. Um, And it doesn't really look like they're targeting one specific person every week more than the other. I think it's just everyone's kind of getting a fair share. Um, So I really like Curtis Samuel. Brees Hall splitting in that backfield I didn't love. With Michael Carter, it's just, you know, running the committee backfield thing is becoming more popular in the NFL again, so it's not great for running back value. And then Pickens with Trubinsky at quarterback, again, this was pre-Picket news, Um, just didn't love it, he didn't throw him the ball very often. So, what do you think?
1: I uh, have only made known to a few people this year, uh, those being the two people that have owned Curtis Samuel to this point, Nick and Sean. That I'm a big believer in the breakout that Curtis Samuel has demonstrated so far this year. I think I offered um, Brandon Ayuk to both Nick and Sean for him, and have been turned down both times. You know, maybe you know, justify justifiably so, but I thought it was probably the right level of aggressive, but also still fair. Yeah. Regardless, I'm a big fan of Curtis Samuel this year. I liked sean's side of the trade because of that Uh, but i will say that it is now aged to be i don't want to say more in favor of nick but it is starting to look better for nick's side with pickett coming in it looks like him and george pickens have a pretty good connection based off of you know how much can we really make of 13 attempted passes but they did look like they had a good connection in those 13 pass attempts that kenny pickett made and uh, I haven't been paying attention to the Jets' backfield this year at all, but Nick just told me today that Michael Carter's snaps have been going down every single week, which I can only deduce means that Brees Hall's have been going up. So it seems like this trade is potentially swinging in the opposite direction, but I also think that it has the potential to just be a great deal for both sides because I do really like Curtis Samuel going forward.
0: Yeah. I agree. I think ultimately that's where I ended up even after the picket news. I think. It turned out to be more of a one-for-one trade than originally it was put out there uh, to be. So, you know, with Pickett coming in, I think the value of Pickens and, and Brees Hall, again, starting to get more snaps. You also have to look at the quarterback situation. With Zach Wilson in, I just don't think that they're generally going to run the ball as often. I think they're going to throw the ball more often. So I think snaps will generally just go down a little bit more for Carter and just touches in general. But we'll see. I think Brees Hall will be more the receiving back anyways. So. Um, yeah, I think after the picket news and just how everything played out this weekend, I do like Nick's side a little bit more. So, all right. This next one, again, this was pre Cordell Patterson news, correct? Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, the Texas Rattlesnake acquires Alexander Madison and the voice of the voiceless acquires Tyler Algier. Uh, coming into the year, huge fan of Algier. I thought from the beginning of the year that he's going to end up probably taking over that backfield by the end of the year, just because Patterson's getting a little bit older. Um, He's going to work his way back into that lineup, and it's just how it's going to work out. Um, Again, this was pre-Patterson news that he was going to be out this upcoming week, like this upcoming week, and just how everything played out. But um, I liked originally from the rip, I like the Algier side of this a little bit more. But again, with the Alexander Madison side, Dalvin Cook isn't always necessarily healthy, so like if you have him on your bench you're going to get them two or three weeks of the year where Cook's most likely going to be out. So you're going to get a really good performance out of him. So that's kind of where I sit on there. What was your kind of rationale behind this one?
1: Yeah. Like you mentioned, this was pre Cordero Patterson being injured news. Um, So these guys were both handcuffs at the time of the trade. I simply preferred Madison because he has shown before that when Dalvin Cook gets hurt, he can perform as not necessarily a superstar, but he can perform as a low end running back one. And Algier, while I think he had a more likely path to being the R B one in Atlanta, because I don't think that it necessarily had to be due to Cordero Patterson getting injured. Like you mentioned, like you could have seen him yeah. taking over as the lead back this year, even without a Patterson injury. I don't you know, that wouldn't happen in Minnesota with okay. Madison. But I, you know, saw that Dalvin Cook had gotten hurt already with a shoulder injury. I think that this was after that happened for the first time. Um yeah. And so I knew that he wasn't going to be out, but I thought, well, that kind of opens the door for, you know, if Dalvin Cook gets stinged up again, he's probably going to miss some time. I would rather have Madison if both, you know, all else equal Madison and Algie are both the lead back for their team for any given period of time. I'll take Alexander, Alexander Madison. The other factor, which I will divulge some of the way that I think, and I've, I've, I've done this before. Yeah, but done. I knew, I knew that uh, Dalvin Cook was on Mike's team, and Mike had previously. I don't necessarily think that there were any firm offers made my way, but he had previously mentioned to me that Dalvin Cook was involved in some trade talks, and so I knew if Dalvin Cook is on a team. That is prone to move him, then whoever he moves him to is likely going to want the insurance policy of Alexander Madison as well. So, part of the motivation for me making this trade was in preparation for Dalvin Cook being on the move. I did not know or have something in the works for it to be so quickly, but I figured that he was going to get moved at some point. So, I thought that Alexander Madison, even if he doesn't serve value on my team being an RB1, being the lead back in Minnesota, I did think that I did foresee or count on him having value for me and that I would be able to trade him to a team that was also trading for Dalvin cook, which obviously happened.
0: Yeah. And I think, uh, while I was going through this, I figured uh, you've done things like this similar in the past. And I think you did something similar last year as well. Um, I figured this is kind of what that move was. Um, just kind of getting someone's insurance policy just in case they come knocking just one of those things might as well have that worth um kind of sitting in your bench cuz you're probably not going to start him or play him very often but whenever someone needs him it's going to be worth something so might as well have it so yeah
1: and by the way that's not taking anything away from Sean because he got his own insurance policy he owns yeah. Cordero Patterson and then Patterson got hurt literally the same week so good on Sean for making a well time for him because that price would have gone up
0: pretty significantly immediately after, so <laughs> yeah, <'cause laughs> it worked be out the lead for. Him. Back. Yeah, so all right, going into our next one, we have Naked Wrestling acquires Trevor Lawrence, Zemir White, Cortland Sutton, and Ric Flair. Drip acquires CMC, Isaiah McKenzie, uh, Chuba Hubbard, and Gino Smith. Uh, again, I think need for a need here. Uh, there's one piece specifically in this trade that makes me lean one way over the other, and I think it's Sutton. I think Sutton, for sure, I think is the best piece in this trade. You might say CMC, but he hasn't really been performing well. And Hubbard is just his handcuff who last year had the touches and didn't perform well. So there really wasn't much there to be had. Um, and I think Trevor Lawrence has been doing really well. I prefer Trevor Lawrence over Geno Smith. I think he's going to eventually get there. Um, so I have to go with JC side. I think this was a really good move on his part. So what do you got?
1: I'm only going to speak to Jake's side because I'm going to reserve my thoughts for JC's acquisition here uh, to kind of pair with the three-way trade that we're about to talk about shortly. Jake, uh, anytime you can get Christian McCaffrey when he's healthy, it's a win. The only concern is, you know, will he stay healthy? We saw last year when he was hurt that Chuba Hubbard was not a fantasy star like Mike Davis was the year prior with the Carolina Panthers when CMC was out. So that is the one large concern with this deal. But right now, Christian McCaffrey is healthy. He is playing like a first-round player. So I don't think that you can say Jake lost the trade by any means. I think it's always a win to add a, a healthy Christian McCaffrey to your team. Like I said, I will speak yeah. to JC's side when we get to the three-way trade.
0: Yep. All right, going into our next one, it is myself. I acquire DK Metcalf and I give up AJ Dillon. Um, I think the... The principle of this trade was tough for me, uh, just in general, because I traded AJ Dillon. I traded for AJ Dillon and Justin Fields I dropped Justin Fields and I traded away AJ Dillon. Joe Burrow is sitting pretty on Nick's team. So uh, again, horrible trade on me, but I think it was a move that I had to make. I just had to get over it. And I'm like, okay, I need value at my wide receiver. AJ Dillon isn't really going to offer me much on a week to week basis. Um, like he'll give me some here and there. Um, so, yeah, that was really it. I just needed some wide receiver help d k was looks like he's making his way back into kind of being the main guy in that offense. He's had two really good weeks back to back so um, yeah, that was kind of just the reason for that trade for me. What do you think about it?
1: yeah, I like this trade there's really there's really nothing for me to add. i think it's uh it's a well balanced trade
0: yeah righty, and then we're gonna go into one more before I let you kind of go into your trade. It was one that I believe happened this morning. Um and it was you might, Mike you might be skipping uh,
1: over one after the three way trade but before this morning's trade. Mike and I made a trade last night. Uh, kind, kind of a big one. Not not a big one in terms of players, but a big one in terms of the names of the players.
0: I would go for it. Read it off on your end, because I removed some of them that were involved in that three way trade and I think I deleted that line on accident on okay. my side. So
1: last night uh I traded Amari Cooper and Tony Pollard in return for Mike Evans. So Eddie, what did you think about that one? It depends. I'm not extremely high on Amari Cooper, but
0: he's actually been doing pretty well this year. Obviously he's like the number one guy on that offense. So it it is what it is. And Tony Pollard, I think is better than Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I think when he touches the ball, he usually performs a little bit better. Uh, but Mike Evans is Mike Evans. Um, love Mike Evans. Tom Brady is going to be all football for the next year. <laughs> so uh, he's... Uh,
1: Maybe next season too. Now that he's got, he has no family. (laughs) Yeah,
0: he's no family. All he has is football. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, again, you know, poking jabs at that, but I think Mike Evans, it's it's still really good, and I think he's worth that easily. Um, He's going to continue to kind of flourish and and do his thing. And that offense again, uh, Godwin went down last week, so he was questionable. There were some guys on that offense. Cole Beasley literally retired. So it's like he's the main guy there. So I I love that piece of that trade. And obviously the Beasley news came out after your trade anyways, but still just makes it better.
1: I saw that somebody, uh, so Tom Brady's Twitter bio says family and football. And I saw earlier today that somebody (laughs) Photoshopped it to just say football. (laughs) Football. (laughs) Yeah. So he is, he is hopefully the divorce does not adversely affect his play. Hopefully he is locked in. Um, Listen, I, I will
0: say, uh, Kyron reached out to me about Tom Brady, because we were just talking quarterbacks, and this was like around the time that that tweet came out, and I sent him the trade, and I said, listen, Tom Brady's going to cost me a little bit more. I said, he's got no family, and I sent him the screenshot. <laughs> I said, he's all about football, and he right, he's he right. he
1: laughing, so, yeah. So to the point of the trade mike mentioned to me that damian pierce and josh jacobs who he just acquired we're going to talk about the three-way trade next where he got josh jacobs uh, they both have a week six bye, which is not this week but next week and mike still is in a position he i think he's four and four where he does need to continue winning in order to kind of secure a top six standings position and so i brought up to him like do you have any interest in tony pollard I didn't have any necessarily specific motive in mind asking that question, but just wanted to know if he was interested in Tony yeah. Pollard, because I recently acquired Damian Harris, so I don't necessarily need Pollard as my RB3 anymore for bye weeks. And he said, yeah, I like Tony Pollard. What what do you have in mind? I said, what do you think about Amari Cooper and Tony Pollard for any of your top three wide receivers? Now, I fully expected that Devontae Adams was completely off limits, yeah. but I was just kind of putting the choice more in his court. And what I was really looking at was either Debo Samuel or Mike Evans. And he said, sure, I'll do it for Mike Evans. And that was that. Um, I thought that maybe Amari Cooper as a natural pairing would make sense because he does have Jacoby Brissett, which means that he's banking on Deshaun Watson coming back and starting for his team. So presumably if he keeps all of those players, he'll have the Deshaun Watson, Amari Cooper stack for late in the season. So that was, you know, that was that. I was happy yeah, with the trade. I, move. I think Mike was. Mike was too. The other trade yeah. you mentioned that happened this morning, I'll let you break that one. It's kind of, kind of a little yeah. squeaker. Yeah, uh,
0: something small, nothing huge. Uh, it is. Uh, it doesn't matter. Mike acquires Alec Pierce, and Kyron, the great colleague, acquires Eno Benjamin. Uh, again, a need for a need. Something really small. I think this is uh, Mike's. Uh, not really attempt because it is kind of working just chipping away at the pieces and pulling in some pieces and kind of turning them around for some value and things. So I think that's just what he's going for here. So
1: yeah, not bad. Yeah, Ky- Kyron gets the handcuff for James Connor. Mike gets the theoretical wide receiver to in Indianapolis, offense, even though he hasn't done anything crazy yet. So I think it's a fine trade. Eddie, I'll break down the three-way trade because that's, what's on tap Go next, the last of the week. So Mike, got josh jacobs and debo samuel jc got the largest volume of players of all three of us He got dalvin cook deontay johnson alexander madison noah brown and the jaguars defense and i got damian harris in the eagles defense so if you look at it as far as who gave up what to get who mike gave up dalvin cook deontay johnson in the Eagles' defense to get Josh Jacobs and Debo Samuel. JC gave up Josh Jacobs, Debo Samuel, and Damian Harris to get Dalvin Cook, Deontay Johnson, Alexander Madison, Noah Brown, in the Jaguars' defense. I gave up Alexander Madison, Noah Brown, in the Jaguars' defense to get Damian Harris in the Eagles' defense. Now, you know what? I'll let you lead off, Eddie. This is my trade. I'll give you you the floor first. Tell me what you thought of the deal.
0: Yeah, it was a lot. Obviously, it was a lot of pieces kind of moving around, a whole lot of everything kind of occurring. I'm just scrolling back up here in our chat just to make sure that I don't get anything wrong when I'm kind of going through it and looking at kind of like how everything turned out. Yeah, um, there could have been again, some confusion I, yeah. because
1: Zamir White was originally supposed to go to Mike in this trade since yeah. he also got Josh Jacobs. But then this morning, when it was time for JC to send Mike, Zamir White, Mike says, You could just drop him. I don't want him anymore. And then there yeah, was the confusion yeah. of I had to trade away the Ravens defense to get the Eagles defense, even though they weren't ever mm-hmm. part of the three way deal. That's just because of the limitations of ESPN's roster constraints and the timing of the trade. If we had instant processing, it wouldn't have been a factor. But since we don't, We had to do that little kind of nuanced add to the trade.
0: Yeah, I think uh, overall, I think JC did great with what he got in return. Uh, Noah Brown is healthy again. I know he was questionable for a little while, but they just listed him as healthy again, so he's back. Um, He had Dalvin in handcuff with Madison. But again, you did a really good job of grabbing and then moving him elsewhere to kind of acquire another piece. Um, And then the Jags defense, nothing crazy, but again, they're a pretty good defense uh mike this was uh it funny enough the night that this trade was accepted i was actually talking to jc in terms of getting debo I was trying to figure something out just said nobody wanted just kind of moving some things around and he let me know he's like hey there's another trade occurring i didn't know it was a three-way trade but he told me something was happening with debo um so i sent him something he kind of got back to me and then like 5 6 minutes later he told me he accepted it and then that's when he dropped something in the chat about it um but i, I like Mike's return here. Uh, I'm not huge on Josh Jacobs. Uh, he really hasn't really been performing very well. Um, he popped off. Same last thing with week. Debo. He did. Um, but with but Jimmy that, G coming back, I think with Jimmy G coming back, it's better for Debo than when Trey Lance was there. He just obviously mm-hmm. Debo wasn't getting as much attention. I think with Jimmy G back in the helm, uh, I think that bolsters Debo just a little bit more to actually perform a little bit better. So. Uh, and then yourself, Damian Harris and the Eagles defense. Eagles defense is a solid defense. Uh, they're really good. And then Damian Harris had a bunch of carries last week. I think that Hoyer threw the ball like four times, then he got hurt, and then they had to like move things. Yeah, so that whole quarterback situation's in shambles. So I think Damian Harris is a great pickup, uh, just because they're probably going to be running the ball a lot. Um, again, I think it was – it fulfilled everyone's needs. It kind of gave everyone a big playmaker that they needed. Um, again, Mike got – I think Debo is probably the biggest playmaker in terms of when you look at his lineup, the guy that he pulled in. JC got Dalvin. He also got Deontay Johnson. Um, and then you got David Harris. So, again, I like the trade. The way that it worked out and the way that it was orchestrated was a pain in the ass. But, again, it was. Yeah, it, I think was it was a good pain. trade for everyone.
1: Yeah, and I don't necessarily want to declare J.C. the winner of this trade, but I will declare him the winner of all of the action on the trade market this week. And this is where I promised I'd come back full circle on his trade with Jake. So J.C. was 0-6 before this week. He obviously just put up 200 points, had an amazing week. Good for him climbing out of it. But I think a big part of his ability to climb out of his hole moving forward is was the trades that he made this week and i don't even think that jc you know i don't want to pick on him but i don't think he masterminded it this way i think it somewhat fell in his lap with the three-way trade complementing his trade with jake but if you break down what happened jc was down horrendously bad at quarterback he was starting geno smith and daniel jones after losing trey lance he turns geno smith into trevor lawrence big time upgrade rest of season regardless of how they performed this past week. He goes from CMC to Dalvin Cook with Dalvin Cook's insurance policy. Don't get me wrong, that's a downgrade, but it's not that big of a downgrade, in my opinion. He goes from Debo Samuel to Cortland Sutton. Now, we rank Debo Samuel ahead of Cortland Sutton coming into the draft, and still right now to this day, but if you told me that Cortland Sutton was going to outperform Debo Samuel rest of season, I wouldn't be surprised in the slightest. I really like Corlitt and Sutton. He traded away Josh Jacobs, but got Deontay Johnson to replace him as a flex piece. Again, maybe it's a little bit of a downgrade depending on what you prefer positionally between running back and wide receiver, but I would argue that they're mostly going to give you the same thing over a full season. And then you look at Damon Harris to Noah Brown. When you consider that he also got an upgrade with the Jags defense coming back his way, what I'm essentially getting at is that JC's lineup doesn't skip a beat. The only noticeable change I think is going to be the quarterback change where he went from Geno Smith to Trevor Lawrence. And that's a big time upgrade in my mind where the rest kind of seemed to stay still. He kind of disguised this interchanging of four or five players in his lineup for four or five new players, but he really didn't take a downgrade at all in the aggregate across four of those players. But with the fifth player, he takes a huge upgrade from Geno Smith, Trevor Lawrence. So that's why I say, I think that he's the biggest winner of this past week's trade activity is because he was, you know, did a ton of maneuvering of his roster, but I think the net effect of four pieces was completely even, but then the fifth piece, I think he gets a big time boost rest of season and that being his quarterback. Yeah, I agree. I do agree there.
0: I think, uh, again, it was a great move on his part. Again, the movement that he made was really good. You mentioned the quarterback situation. He was one of the guys that I reached out to just, you know, he obviously was having some quarterback struggles, curious to see kind of what he was doing with the rest of his roster. And I think this is probably the best case scenario for him in terms of immediate moves that he could have made, um, kind of keeping some of that performance in that middle level of his lineup and, um, and again, significantly boosting his odds at his quarterback position and getting someone that's going to be there consistently um, and perform for you. So, I agree. It's really good move. All righty. So, going down from there, we'll go to our around the league segment, fantasy over under. Uh, the guests have me on this one. Guests are sitting at eight and three. I'm sitting at five and six. Uh, not really great. Uh, I went zero oh and two last week. Um, had. Uh, Trubisky, it was a fantasy. It was a free agent edition, so looked at some free free agent guys on the uh, on the market. Um, went Trubisky. Obviously, that didn't really work out very well. He had the under significantly. He had like three points because he got pulled from the game. Uh, and then Greg Zirline, uh had him at ten, scored eight. I had the over there as well. So I went zero and two last week. Guess went two and zero. So again, me at five and six. Guests at eight and three. Um, so this week. Got some guys. This is more so of the uh, first one here is a, the lead back this week, back up previously. But even Hines versus the Broncos defense. I haven't met an over under of thirteen. Um, again, that defense is, is they do pretty well at stopping the run. That offense hasn't really ran the ball very well, even with JT in the backfield. So I think for me personally here, I have to take the over on. I mean the under on Hines. I just don't think that that offense is going to perform well enough.
1: What do you think? I'm also taking the under um i think that hines is primarily i mean not i think he is the primarily a pass catching back i don't really think that they're going to give him a lot of rushing volume i think they're likely going to give their third string running back most of the groundwork and kind of use Naheem hines the way that he's been been used so far this season and over the past couple years so i'm taking the under
0: all right Respect it. I think uh, there's a chance they will probably both take the same thing here. Uh, this is a horrible matchup for a rookie quarterback who's coming off of his uh, first action last week. Yeah, Kenny Pickett versus the Bills defense at an over-under of 10. Uh, it is disrespectfully low, but at the same time, I think it's respectfully enough for the Bills defense. Um, I just don't think he's going to get to 10. That Bills defense is absolutely insane. They've held quarterbacks to lower this year. Um, And I just, I think he's going to hit the under here. Uh, I think most of their work will have to be done elsewhere, and it'll have to try to come defensively for the Steelers. So, again, uh, I think I'm going to go with the under here with Pickett. What do you got?
1: You know that he only threw 13 pass attempts last week. Those three incompletions that he had, so he's 10 out of 13, those three incompletions were three interceptions. So negative six points against him, and he still scored 12.3 points in one half of football throwing three interceptions. I'm not saying he's going to get two QB sneak touchdowns again, but I think that that's reason enough for me to take the over with Kenny Pickett. If he's able to score 12 points in one half of football in spite of throwing three picks, I got to give my boy some respect, and I just want him to do well. I don't necessarily want the Steelers (laughs) to win. I've made my... I've made my stance clear to many different people this year that I would actually like the Steelers to have as worse of a record as possible because they're just simply not going to win the Super Bowl this year. So I would rather them get as high of a draft pick as they possibly can so that they can draft some stud offensive linemen to protect Kenny next year. So I don't necessarily want the Steelers to win, but I do want to see Kenny Pickett do well, and I think that he is going to get over 10 fantasy points, so I'm taking the over.
0: All right. I respect it. I respect it. All right. And the final one, Mr. No Family. We got Tom Brady versus the Atlanta Falcons with an over under of 20. Um, Obviously, he's got a lot going on in his personal life, but I think kind of once he gets between those lines, I think he'll kind of lock it back in. So I I have to go with the over. He's kind of trending up. He did really well last week. It looks like he's kind of zoning back in and locking back in. Um, so I have to go with the over here on Tom Brady for my own personal reasons and just because I I, I just think he will hit the over Falcons defense isn't great
1: yeah I'm going to take the over as well he did super well on Monday night sorry was it Sunday night football against did they play Monday or Sunday Sunday against the Chiefs Sunday Sunday night I believe he did well in prime time against the Chiefs. I agree with you that he's going to keep the momentum rolling against a weaker Atlanta Falcons defense. He's got, uh, you know, Mike Evans did extremely well last week. I think that they're just going to continue. I don't necessarily know that he's going to score 30 again, but I think that having his entire offense at his disposal again, Leonard Fournette in the backfield, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans as his primary two targets. I don't really know what's going on with Julio Jones, but he's kind of been MIA the entire season so far anyhow. I don't necessarily know that he is super important to Tom Brady's performance. I think Tom, you know, the GOAT Tom Brady will be fine this week. I think he'll be fine the rest of the season for fantasy. I'm taking the over.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, this is something that I was looking has kind of something to do with Tom Brady, but not at the same time. Uh, Leonard Fournette this past week. The stat line kind of blows my mind. Dude had three carries for negative three yards, but he had a bunch of uh catches last week he scored 18 points and he had negative three rushing yards uh obviously he had a touchdown that came along with that but still 18 points from a running back with negative three rushing yards is uh very impressive i think he had like seven catches last week yeah so yeah i think they're gonna start involving him a little bit more in the passing game he's kind of proved i think he saw that white was uh starting to take some of those snaps away uh, and and those receiving scenarios so i think he's uh starting to dial it back in and catching the ball. so yeah it was just something super interesting that i saw that i thought was really funny but uh but yeah that uh wraps it up for us this week uh did you have anything else that you wanted to add anything that you wanted to shout out to anyone uh call anyone to come trade whatever anything
1: no damon has heard my call to action at length this episode. I will be back in two weeks. I believe it's going to be me, Mike, and Nick since you're off week six, Eddie. Yeah. So that'll be a fun one. You guys can look forward to seeing my pretty face here in about two weeks again.
0: Yeah. Speaking of week six, I'll be in Pittsburgh that week. I'll be there from Monday to Thursday uh, for work. So come anybody's in town, yes, I'll be downtown. So anybody wants to come visit me, I'll be staying downtown in a hotel. So. You want to stay at visit. my place? We'll
1: I'm only 20 minutes from downtown. I have a nice yeah. guest PNC bedroom right there behind me.
0: I know. PNC was paying for it all, though. So, And I have a few people traveling from here to there, and I have the rental car under my name. So. Uh,
1: ah, yeah. I see. I see. So, well, yeah. we'll still get together. Yeah, I'll be down there.
0: Come down to anybody. You're welcome to come down. I'll uh, try to come visit. will go to Wiggle Whiskey, do a little something, have fun. So
1: yeah, may May not be too late in the season for golf.
0: I'm bringing my clubs, so that's all nice. I'm saying.
1: <laughs> me, I, I, so. I didn't invite everybody, so maybe I shouldn't announce this. But me, Kevin, Sean C, and JC are going golfing this Saturday. little little bit of a league Ooh, golf outing. We found nice. our four really quickly, Laser? and I didn't. Yeah.
0: Nice.
1: Yeah, and I uh, I did not want to have somebody like golfing by themselves, so I didn't try to. Grab like a fifth or a sixth, but um I am always down to golf with any one of you. Yes.
0: So hey, I'll be down there. Anybody want to golf? I'll be there. I'd land Monday afternoon. So my plan is to maybe get around in uh the seventeenth, I believe. So I think seventeenth through the twentieth. So I plan on golfing Monday afternoon and Wednesday afternoon. Um so hit me up, go eat some dinner go some golf. hey, we'll do it all. So. Good. But yeah, thank you everyone for listening this week. Uh, it was a fun episode. Thank you, Nate, for hopping back on. Uh, always really good to have you on. So uh, with that being said, we'll catch you all later. Peace. Yeah.